welcome back to 12-1, everyone. My name is Amy Kirkpatrick, and today we're kind of looking at everything that God has been teaching us over the last couple weeks, just going through these podcast episodes. This is some seriously challenging stuff, and I'm I'm not going to lie, today has some more <laughs> tough kind of uh, things in there that just add on to all the previous weeks. It's really good stuff, and I hope it just encourages you and empowers you to kind of move through some of the struggles and the deserts we're in. to cover Genesis 21. And, and I was sitting down just going through the word and just trying to kind of gather myself, go through my notes, kind of write down some key notes of what I wanted to share with you guys. And, you know, as I was sitting in it, it just didn't feel like going through it line by line was really the right way to handle this. And so I really spent some time just praying and just kind of working through my day and doing some dishes and some other things and, you know, just kind of coming back to it. And as my day developed, I just started to munch on some things that really stuck out to me. And like I shared before, I don't want to do podcasts just because there's a timeline or hit a topic just because it's in a sequence of what I've been covering. I want to make sure that I'm sharing things that I'm passionate about, things that are um, really hitting me hard, because if they're hitting me hard, then maybe somebody else is going to get something out of it. Uh, So I don't want to force anything. So anyway, I haven't recorded in a little while. um, But as I was thinking about this, I was starting to see this really cool pattern happening of what God has been teaching me. Uh, I love sharing what God is teaching me and I love hearing what other people are learning because that I feel like God knows exactly how to put two people's lives together or several people's lives together so that they go in tandem and they go parallel to each other so that we can each learn from each other. And so, uh, you know, as he's teaching me something, I'm just thinking somebody else has to be going through the same thing. Somebody else has to be relating to what I'm going through. Um, and especially if it's been hitting this many times over. And so, you know, I was, I was just thinking about past episodes and how they line up with, um, what I'm studying right now. And, you know, as I sat there and looked at an episode, I think I said like the last three or four was, is God, isn't, is God enough? That was a one, maybe four back. Um, if he doesn't answer our prayers, will we still praise him? I guess that's the question I was kind of posing out there. How will we still honor him? Will we still um, get in the word? Will we still go to church? Will we still do all the things that help us draw closer to him? If he doesn't answer the prayer, our prayers the way we like, um, is he enough? Just him by himself? Can we be satisfied and content with just being? with him and maybe not all the things that we sometimes feel is like the package of being with God, that our prayers are answered, that um, certain hardships will be delivered, that we'll see miracles, those kind of things. Like, I think sometimes we assume it's a package deal. uh, And I wanted to kind of remove that and just ask the question, get rid of the package, get rid of all the excess is God enough? Just being with him, is that enough? And then there was another episode after that. It was um, about being a good steward of what God has given you. Um, And again, it kind of dealt with contentment. And, um, you know, are, are you wanting to adjust and change the situation you're in? Or um, are you okay with being in that situation and stewarding what he has given you in the present tense? So are we able to stop looking to the future and and hoping and whining and, and complaining for the future? Or are we, are we able to sit where we're at and realize that this time and place has a purpose and that we need to be diligent to manage all the things that God has given us? And that includes all the relationships around us, not just the easy ones, not the ones that are going well, but even the ones that are really hard and difficult. 
Um, and then the last one I think that I did, um, it was titled thanks God, but, and that just had to deal with, uh, you know, the Israelites getting all the things that have been promised to them, but they weren't quite satisfied. They, they didn't want to fully do all that God has asked them to do, even though they've been given the promise, they had something that they wanted switch. They had something that they wanted to move around and adjust and kind of just, I felt like that podcast was really challenging, especially to me. Um, and I hope you guys were challenged by it as well, but, um, challenged to not get God's blessings and then want to, uh, coax it into something different. I think God gives us blessings and he, and he works in our life with great detail and attention to exactly how he goes about doing it. And sometimes that's not always done in a way easy. Like the Israelites had to drive people out of the land that they were given. Why did God not just get rid of those people? They had to go in and actually do the hard work and trust the Lord to win those battles for them, that they would go in and they would actually have to do the work, but that he would favor, put, give them favor and would support them through the battle. And then ironically, you know, I'm teaching uh, first grade to my son. We're doing homeschool on the road. And uh, every week we are studying a like a character trait uh, in the Bible. And so it could be like anger. Uh, we did bravery and we're going alphabetical. And so this week just happened to be contentment. Uh, so we've been talking about what it means to be content, that content often has to do with us shoving aside like the worldly things like money and, you know, just having like all the toys we want, the food we want when we want it, you know, but to have peace and a joy in our heart regardless of those things. And that's contentment. And I think that lines up with every single one of these podcasts. And so I'm just listening to this and I'm just like, gosh, this is nuts. So I sit down in front of Genesis 21 and that's what I was supposed to discuss with you guys next, you know? Um, but I wanted to kind of think about that as well is that whole story is about Hagar and Ishmael and, uh, Isaac is now born and Ishmael said something chirpy, uh, to Isaac and Sarah wanted him banished. God tells, uh, Abraham to acknowledge and, and kind of just listen to his wife. And so he banishes, uh, uh, Ishmael and Hagar to the desert. And as you know, the story goes, they're in the desert, they're starving for water and food. And, uh, at some point in time, Hagar moves away from Ishmael because she can't even stand watching him die. And so she goes off by himself. Angel of the Lord shows up and tells uh, Hagar that it's going to be okay, that he's going to be a great nation, right? We know the story. And he, and he gives a well. As she opens her eyes, she sees a well, and she's able to give her son something to drink. He lives in the desert for the rest of his life. And, you know, I'm reading the story and there's a lot to grab out of there. There's a lot, a lot of information. There's so much to talk about, but there's that one little piece at the very end that I look at and I realize that God did not remove the desert. Like as he's dying in the desert and obviously she's crying out for help, God could have taken them by the hand and walked them straight out of the desert, brought them into some lush garden, but instead he gives them what they need to endure the desert. And that just, I just sat there and I thought, you know, that is God. Like, I don't want to look at the story and say, this is just a rare moment that God did this, <laughs> that he um, kept them in hardship uh, and just assume that God is not like this with us occasionally, you know? And I, 
And so I'm just sitting there looking at it and thinking, you know, our God can sometimes allow us or um, will desire for us to stay in our deserts. And that like got super challenging and it, it kind of um, didn't sit with me well. Immediately, I wanted to retaliate against that and I wanted to be frustrated and I wanted to kind of avoid that and find something that was a little bit more palatable for all you guys. Uh, and I feel like that's kind of a tough thing in the Christian world is that we love to talk about, geez, I think I must broke the chair. <laughs> we love to talk about the goodness of God. We love to talk about, you know, praising him. Um, we love to talk about, you know, the life-changing forces that he has. He has the ability to work miracles and move mountains. And, you know, this topic, this idea of contentment, this idea is, is he enough? Am I being a good steward of what I've been given? And when I have blessings, you know, wishing that he kind of had done it different, like all those things, as I was sitting in a long period of being in a desert and just crying out for help, this is exactly what... I never saw, I missed out on the fact that God was meeting my needs the entire time, that he was putting water in the well for me to drink, Uh, but I was sitting in a desert and all I cared about was getting out of the desert and I wasn't recognizing the fact that he was there putting water in the well the whole time. and years of praying, I kind of had to come to the realization that God may not be trying to remove the desert, but he might be trying to make an Eden, a garden out of my desert heart. And, you know, the moment that I kind of allowed that to sink in and to think about the fact that this place, this, this desert that I was in was the best place for me, was really, really hard to process. It was really hard to understand. And, you know, as I sat in that place, I started to really think about how I was growing and in my faith. And, you know, when I, when I really reflected on it, I realized that my faith had grown (laughs) miles, um, in that really hard place. And it started to realize that in the hard places is the places that we grow the most, that we lean into him the most when we're willing to hear him speak. And we're not going to, jump back and say, yeah, well, but you know, those things like we just sit back and listen because we're so desperate to hear his voice. We're so desperate to hear his plan. Um, you know, in that desert place, that's, that's where we're so open and we're willing. And it's like, it's almost like we go and grab the shovel, we grab the hoe, we grab, um, you know, all the tools we need and we give it to the God and we say, okay, whatever you have to do, if you have to uproot all my roots, if you have to, you know, pull out this plant, if you have to, you know, go through and hoe all the dirt, do it because I want this, I want this done. I want this gone. And, you know, I think that is kind of that, that idea of the desert, right? We sometimes want it removed, but if we removed it, the question is, how do we grow in our faith? And I wanted to kind of just share a moment um, that that is about this, because I think there is a surrenderance that happens when we allow the desert to exist. Now, I'm not saying in any way, shape, or form that God cannot work miracles. I, I, I believe that with everything I have, but I just believe also that there's times when God won't remove something or he'll postpone his miracle in order for us to grow. 
for uh, for us to lean into him and for us to um, draw closer to him uh, or learn trust or, you know, all the things that come with that. And so I want, I wanted to kind of like just put out there the story because I felt like it was really important to how surrendering into the desert was something that really changed my life. And so I've told you guys before that I had chronic, uh, anxiety ever since I was three years old. I, I have it, I had it all the time. It was definitely a social anxiety and it was something that was really all consuming. It was it affected how I had relationships with other people. I had, I basically pinpoint that as the number one thing that eventually spiraled enough that it was what destroyed me and brought me to my knees at the foot of Jesus and gave my life to him. Um, but this chronic anxiety was something that was still there even after I, uh, you know, gave my life to Christ. It was there still. And, you know, I was so sick and tired of it. And, you know, I think for a lot of us that ha- are in the grips of some sort of great sin and addiction, anxieties, um, fear spirals, all sorts of things, um, often it comes down to us being absolutely done, absolutely fed up with that thing in our life that we're then willing to fight in a way we've never fought before. And with my anxiety, I started to pray to the Lord, asking him to remove my anxiety. And I, that was always my prayer. I re- I prayed that almost every single day um, for several years, maybe, I think maybe six years. But then there was a point in time when I got so fed up with my my anxiety that I started to pray and ask God to help me to have strength to face my anxiety. Uh, my greatest fear was that if my anxiety got out of control, if I let it get out of control and um, and I faced it, that something horrible would happen to me. Like I'd be hospitalized or maybe I'd go insane or I don't know. I, I didn't know, but I knew that my greatest fear in the whole world was facing my anxiety. Like my anxiety was now my anxiety. It wasn't even the triggers anymore. Um, and so talk about embracing the desert mentality. Uh, I, you know, there was a point in time when I stopped asking God to take me out of the desert and I started asking him for the tools and to equip me and to empower me and to give me um, the strength to endure this place that I was in because he hadn't removed my anxiety. So I was like, well, if he hasn't removed it and he can remove it, then I'm supposed to be in it. And so if I'm in it, then I need him. I need him to be a part of this. And so I started to pray and asking God, you know, to give me the strength and the ability to face my anxiety. Well, I didn't actually willingly pray that. Like I spent about a year and a half just saying it, you know, and then in the back of my mind, I'm kind of like begging him to just remove it. (laughs) Like, help give me the strength to face this, but Lord, please, like if you will take this away. And I had all the faith in the world that he could take it away. I had all the faith in the world, but he wasn't removing it. And so when I prayed that over and over again, there was one day after a year and a half of just, Lord, give me the strength to face it and not truly really wanting him to, not truly meaning it. Um, he finally kind of challenged me and said, Amy, do you actually want to get rid of this anxiety? And, uh, do you actually want to face this? And I remember sitting there and t- kind of taking a big gulp cause I knew what he was asking me. I knew he was saying, are you actually wanting me to do this? And the, and the answer was no, heck no, I don't. Um, but at the same time, it was an absolute no brainer. Yes. Like my God is asking me if I'm ready to do this. And I had said, yes, Lord, go ahead and, and face 
you know, help me to face my anxiety. And I remember even saying, Lord, if this costs me my life, if this costs me being in a mental ward, or if this costs me being in the hospital, deliver me from this. Like, let me walk through it. Like, give me the strength to face it head on so that it's gone forever. And, you know, I think that was that spot of processing being in the desert and being willing to be there and willing to go through the battle and clear the land, get rid of all the Canaanites, get them out of the land and willing to do the hard work, realizing that God didn't take it away. He didn't take the Canaanites away. He asked them to continue to be obedient, to be good stewards, right? To be, um, to not say, but I, I would like this to be a little bit easier, but to step into it with guts, with passion, with, with a trust. Like if God is telling you to sit in your desert, If he's not delivering you from it, then he's telling you that you can handle it, that you can do it, and that he is going to work miracles through it. And so, you know, everything changed after that. Everything changed because he started to call me to do some things that were really, really hard. But he stood with me like battling against the Canaanites. He stood with me through all of it and he gave me the strength. And quite honestly, when I look back on it, as hard as it was, being on the flip side of it, I look back and it was, it was so easy compared to the freedom that I got. And that, that's just kind of that beauty of God knows, God knew that I needed to walk through that, that I needed to learn to trust him in my anxiety, that I needed to see his power at work, and that I needed to see that he was bigger than my anxiety. So anyway, kind of coming back to this idea that, you know, I've got what God's teaching me about being content, you know, being present in what you're dealing with uh, so that you can be fully present to adapt and change and become a person that is evolving in faith. And I wrote down this little paragraph and it it just says, what would happen if each of us sat in our desert and prayed for what we needed instead of asking to have it all removed? Who would we be as followers of Christ if we sat content in our hardships, but persisted in our inward growth? Sometimes I wonder if deserts would dry up and springs of water would appear and lush vegetations would arise a lot faster if only we could find the peace in the most arid of conditions. And, you know, I once again, I want to say that like, all throughout my anxiety, all throughout my desert that had nothing to do with my anxiety, I never once stopped getting on my knees and asking God to remove it. I never once. But in that same breath of asking, my God Almighty, who has the ability to move mountains, to change every aspect of my life, to um, heal the most horrid diseases, to um, you know make any sort of job come available, whatever you can think of, our God can do it all. I would still come to my knees in front of him, but in the same breath, I would also say, but Lord, help me to be present in what you are putting in my life right now, right? Help me to grow as as your child. Help me to draw closer to you. Help me to learn. Help me to never be the same, but to be somebody who is evolving. Help me to be a lush garden in an arid desert. And I think that's kind of what God's challenging me right now is, you know, being on this road, being on the road, it's very hard to kind of figure out who I am when I feel like my, who I am is in pause because so much of who I am is not happening right now. Um, I, I'm an artist and I'm not doing any, anything creative right now. You know, um, I love teaching. I'm not teaching just all sorts of stuff. And God's just 
challenged me over and over again just to be present, to be diligent to what he's given and take the hardships and sit in them instead of looking at them as hardships, look at them as opportunity to grow, to um, learn more about him, to impact other people's lives. Um, I think there's a great deal of freedom when you know that you can walk through something really hard and that you survived and you became a better person through it. You know, I I think there is so much peace when we don't have to fear what's right around the corner because we know that we can handle it. And I feel like that's the beauty of being in the desert and not having it removed is that we get an opportunity to see how strong we are in Christ. And so I don't know, I, I just hope, I hope you can be encouraged by this, by what I'm learning. I hope that you can take it and, and hear your own story and be challenged just to take it on, take it on in all the power and all the strength that God can possibly give you and push forward and, and do amazing things in the most arid of places. Man, we have been going through some really, really hard topics. And, you know, I've been sitting here kind of laughing as I'm piecing each episode together. And I'm just going, man, we are hitting on hardship and deserts and struggles like crazy. And I'm just thinking to myself, I'm, I'm just hoping that God knows exactly who's listening and that... You know, this is speaking to to you guys and helping you guys walk through whatever you're going through. You know, this this life is hard. And so I just hope it encourages you. I hope it's helping you to find some peace and contentment in that. You know, I say this a lot. Uh, I know some of you guys are going through really tough things. And if you need encouragement, if you need um, just some prayer, I would love to pray for you guys. Don't be afraid to go ahead and write. I know it just feels like writing off into nothingness, but um, I I would love to write back and just be able to encourage you guys. My email is 121podcast at gmail.com, all spelled out. Feel free to write anytime. Also, like and subscribe. It just helps other people find this podcast. Uh, I'm so thankful for you guys and thank you for I'm thankful for every single one of my listeners and I just uh, hope you guys have a great day and I'm praying for you.